Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I am so glad to be with you here today. In the background, our music is our good friend Dave Barnes. Make sure you check out his new album and catch him if he is on the road near you. August 3rd, he'll be here in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium. If you have not gotten your tickets, you should. It's going to be such a fun show. Today on the show is really special to me. One of the things you guys have asked for in the survey we did in May, and when I see you out on the road in the airports or at events, you say like, hey, we want to hear from all sorts of people in your life. And so today I have two of the most influential and important people in my world, Tom and Melissa Tanner. You have heard their name before, probably on the show, if you've listened to the episode with Kevin Queen, my pastor here at Crosspoint, or Tyler Reagan, the director of Catalyst. All three of us kind of came through the same college ministry where Tom and Melissa were leaders. And a couple of months ago, some friends said, hey, why haven't you had Tom and Melissa on the podcast yet? They are literally some of the wisest people we know. And so I texted Tom and said, hey, could we sit down and have a conversation on the podcast? And he said, sure. And then Melissa said she was coming too, which was awesome. And then I texted a bunch of our college friends from all sorts of different walks of life, people who do public ministry, people who do ministry in churches, people who have jobs outside of the church. And I said, if you could ask Tom anything, what would you ask him? And overwhelmingly, the response was questions about longevity, questions about how you do the thing you do really well for a long time, which I think should tell you a ton about how Tom and Melissa have lived their lives, that that we look at them 20, 25 years after we met them. So for decades, for me, it's been since I was in middle school. So for decades, Tom and Melissa have been important, faithful voices in my life. And that's what I wanted to learn too. And so this conversation is about how you do this thing well for a long, long time. And it goes some other really interesting places too. So I hope you will sit back, grab your journal, grab something to write with, I think you're going to want to take some notes um, as we learn about how to do this life well, how to do this faith life well for the long haul, and get a couple of the secrets of what it looks like to persevere from Tom and Melissa Tanner. Here's exactly why we're here. Annie Downs is flying across the country to preach on a stage and watching her friends, Ken and Anita, on an HGTV show. And that we all know each other from the same place. Yeah. How about that? Isn't that something? Yeah, it's crazy. Everybody from the Wesley Foundation at the University yeah. of Georgia in the a, 90s and the 2000s. It's a tiny world we live in. You have to tell them about being in Romania. We just oh, yeah. Sent so I, I just got Romania. a call from, a, uh, we sent a team to Romania, and one of our uh, staff people that was helping lead the team calls me, texted me actually from, from Romania. I yeah. said, Do you know so and so? And I said, Yeah. Um, went to Georgia, friends with Amy Sedgwick. Why you ask? Just met she and her husband. Uh-uh. They're, they're missionaries here in Romania. No way. Yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. And they and it was somebody that was at school with us? No way. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many countries students live in that you did ministry to no and clue. with? Yeah. No clue. We we started off in the early years in Athens, we counted how many people went into full time ministry either as a pastor or a missionary, youth pastor or something like that. And about six years in, uh, we stopped counting. 
Really? At, it just... at around 400. Oh, my gosh. And so, you know, that's 20, how many years ago? 20, 21, 22 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 20 years, yeah, so, at least for me. You know, and, and all it's done since then, all, all Wesley's done since then is grow. Yeah. So there's no way. Really, there's no way to keep there's it. There's no way to know. Yeah. But it's, I mean, look, there's you, there's, you know, there's lots of famous. Oh, get out of here. Famous ones. <laughs> no. No, no, <laughs> If no. you just count the famous ones, it's a yeah. pretty big number. And then there are those that, you know, I don't even know. Yeah. Tell me, okay, so I'm going to get you to back up first in a minute, but I want you to tell me what it feels like for you guys having Kevin Queen and I at the same church. It's it's amazing, and and we we do we're just ecstatic. You know, we we love it. Um, I mean, what are the chances? It, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, really. Because um, I was in your church when I moved to Nashville. Yes, the Lord called me out of here. Well, and and there. and quite honestly, for me, uh, one of the things that I always heard from students when they would leave uh, Georgia and and go out to make their mark on the world is you know they would write back or call and say, you know, can't find this, can't find that. Mainly can't find community, can't find authenticity. Yeah, yeah. And so when one of yours goes off somewhere into a foreign land, even mm-hmm. though even if it's Nashville. Even if it was only three and a half yeah, hours away. It, it, that's right. you, you worry. It's like yeah. your children going off to college Thanks. or something. You worry, you know, are they going to be okay? Is there, are they going to be taken care of? And so to know... That one of our girls mm-hmm. is being shepherded, pastored by maybe, you know, I would I would put Kevin of the pastors that I respect mm-hmm. on the globe. He's in my top five. Really? Oh, absolutely. And so to know that he's there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it has been. Well, y'all know because y'all walked it with us. But mm-hmm. man, it has been yeah. this year of having him and Ree yeah. in Nashville. It literally, Kevin and I will sometimes something will happen at church. We so during worship, something will next level happen where you go like, oh, something's mm-hmm. changing here, or or we'll see a big rush of people to get baptized or something, and he'll say, mm-hmm. twenty years ago, you want to go back and tell yeah. them what we know now. Yeah. You want to go back and tell those two kids at University of Georgia what we know now that we would get to do this. Yeah. You know, and it is just, yeah. it's the most yeah. fun. All, all you need to know about Kevin is what he wants to talk about when he calls me. Revival. Every yep. time. Revival and prayer. Yeah. Revival. Let's talk about revival. And has revival ever happened without prayer? I don't think so. Okay, let's talk about prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's, that's all. It. I know. That's all he ever wants to talk about. I know. He, he. So I texted a bunch of our friends that have all sorts of different jobs um, to say, hey, if you could ask T- Tom Tanner anything, what would you ask him? All of Kevin's questions were revival. Of course, of course I was they like, were. I don't need to. I, yeah. I know. I, I, yeah. That was I'll, a waste well, of my texting. I'll tell you this. So, so there's a guy that, that if I called his name, everybody, you, you would know who I'm talking about, who said to me one time, um, if you ever need somebody to preach for you, teach for you, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your guy. Well, mm-hmm. he was a freshman yeah. when he said that to me. And so now I would call him. Yeah. And say, if you ever need somebody mm. to preach for you, teach for you, you know, I'm, I'm available because yeah. he has just gone off the it's amazing. charts. Kevin is that mm-hmm. for me when it comes to revival. He's always asking me questions about revival and prayer. But in reality, we've kind of shifted roles. I want to ask him mm. because mm-hmm. he has he's run so far past me that it makes me 
jealous in a good, <laughs> in a good way. I'll tell you, I haven't had when I was here at Riverstone in Marietta. I would I lived just down the street, and I would yeah. go home after church on Sunday, and I would spend forty minutes to an hour going over the notes, getting pushed around by what you had taught me, <laughs> and that has not happened on the regular since you were my pastor until Kevin. So, but a lot of times he makes faces that look just like you. And I'll I'll be like, you guys, that is a Tom Tanner face. That is not Kevin. Well, (laughs) when he goes to pray, he'll nod his head. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Tom Tanner. Okay. So when I, I've known you my whole life. Mm -hmm. I remember you being the youth pastor at First Methodist Marietta (laughs) when I was in elementary school. Right. But I was a teenager. Yeah. 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 Bizarrely, you were a peer leader. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Tell me, tell me why y'all went from, at the time, would have been considered a really big church, mm-hmm. to a campus ministry at the University of Georgia that was tiny and not uh, growing at the time, right? Yeah, I wasn't there, but I just remember yeah, it was. It's an it's an interesting story. Um, I was at youth camp, which you're very familiar with. Yes, and it was at the end of my fifth year um, at Marietta First. Can I say that out loud? Yeah, and. I think so. um, in the middle of worship one night, and Jeff and Kibby, yeah, leading worship, singing to tracks. Come on, yes, yeah, you know it. And right in the middle of worship, um, the Lord just spoke to me, hmm. and He said, "Take a look around, because this is your last one." Really? Yeah. And so I just looked around and just soaked it in, and I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it meant that I wouldn't be at the camp mm-hmm. the next summer. Mm-hmm. So I went home. And I, I met with our pastor, Charles, and I said, um, I'm going to be leaving at the end of this year. And he said, where are you going? And I said, I don't know. Wow. I just know I'm supposed to go. At the end of the school year? At were you going to do school, one more school, school year? year. Okay. End of the school year. Because that's kind of the way the Methodist Church operates. You know, it's June to June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so um, we began to pray, and, and I knew the thing that was in my heart was to... Uh, disciple students who basically wanted to change the world. Mm -hmm. I'd been a youth pastor for about 12 years, and I hate playing games. Yeah, like Chubby Bunny. Oh, I hate all that stuff. I hate all the games. I hate all the silly stuff. (laughs) You know, I want to talk to somebody about, you know, let's change the world. Let's pray for revival. Let's, you know, let's get after this. And I, I would have a handful who, of high school students that would want to do that. Mm-hmm. But there was always, you know, I always wrestled with just the immature side of, of youth ministry, which yeah. it's a necessary thing. I, it, yeah. I just wasn't cut out for it. So, I mean, is it though in 2018, should youth groups be doing chubby bunny still? <laughs> I hope not. I, where else in culture are we getting 14 year olds to play games? Spain. <laughs> really? It's happening in Spain? Scotland. Well, yeah, I mean, because we're taking it there. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they do it. <laughs> They're doing it. In India. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. we go. You're yeah, right. Whatever. Everywhere we go. You're whatever. right. You're right. Every, every, every Listen, country. Listen, you're talking that... to the girl who planned planned Scotland camp for a exactly. lot. I mean, I've, I was the game diva yeah. at Riverstone's summer camp <laughs> yeah. for multiple summers. Oh, yeah. I know. Me and Brandon Scarborough, yeah. we had the T-shirts. So anyway, that that kind of started the process of just praying and, and you know, what's next. And, and I, I actually wrote a letter to a Christian college. Oh, really? Yeah. And I said, this is what I want to do. Um, do you have a place for me? Yeah. And they wrote me back and said, nope. Huh. Not, not interested. Don't have, a, don't have a place. Yeah. 
I said, okay. Man, so once you, I think this is interesting because one of the things that my friends who listen love, love for me to ask is what it is like when people hear the Lord. Mm. And so <laughs> you heard this thing in you, but mm. you didn't know what. Right. So the next thing you knew to do was, well, let's, let's start out. testing. Yeah. I, I just started asking, you know, what does it look like? Where am I going? And, and I had some good friends, you know, people like Tom Fraley mm-hmm. who would say, well, what's in your heart? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you love to do? What's your dream job? And, um, I actually was, uh, that fall after that happened in the summer, that following fall, I was, uh, meeting with a group that was, uh, we were doing mission team training for a group that was going to go to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I asked a question, an icebreaker question. Um, if you could create a job for yourself, what would be the perfect job for you? Yeah. And we went around but these the circle, are high schoolers, high school students yeah. went around the circle and everybody answered this question. And then, and Brad Willoughby was in college at the time. Yeah. And he was helping me lead the trip. Yeah. And Brad said, what about you? And I said, oh, I already have the perfect job. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, really. <laughs> in and front I, of all your yeah. students. And I said, if I could do anything on the planet, I would be at a major university working with college students who want to change the world. Wow. And eight months later. Eight months later, you were at Georgia. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I In January of that year, I had a, a, a friend of mine said, hey, uh, I hear you're leaving, and my son is a student at Georgia. I'd love for you to be his pastor. <laughs> and I said, I don't even so know you what you're talking about. Yeah. I said, well, you know, what, what are you talking about? And he said, Wesley Foundation hmm. is coming open. And so we, we applied. Everybody told us we didn't have a chance. Yeah. Everybody said, oh, they already have who they want. It's picked out. It's decided. It's going to be this person, that person, this kind of person. You, you know, you're, you're just not the, yeah. you're not what they're looking for. Yeah. And so we went over and interviewed and. We found out they had gotten calls from yeah. some of your friends. Oh, funny. oh some had, people had yeah. gone before you. Yeah, I Jim Cagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, I called Jim and I said, Hey, I'm going over to interview at Georgia. If you have any pull over there. He used to play football there. Yeah. Used to, <laughs> yeah. And so he All American. I didn't yeah. know if he did anything. He never yeah. told me. Yeah. And so I, we get in the interview and the guy says, uh, wow, you have some pretty impressive references. And I don't even know what he's talking about. Right. And he says, we had a, we got a letter from Ray Goff and, and Ray Goff was, oh, yeah. the, head was the head football coach, coach at the time. And then he said, and this morning, uh, Vince Dooley called us. Oh, <gasps> you are kidding. I've never heard this. Oh, yeah. And Vince Dooley, who oh, yeah. was like the football coach when Georgia won yeah. the national championship, yeah. athletic director he was at the, the time. athletic director at the time. And here's oh, the funny part about gosh. that. So these two guys reach out to Say, hey, this is the man you want. Great guy. Da, 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 da. To this day, I've never met either, either of them. Either of them. <gasps> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't met either one of them. That I've is met so funny. Vince Dooley's wife, but I yeah. haven't met either either of them. Y'all, that mm-hmm. is so funny. That is insane. Then, so then you move, so y'all moved to Athens, and how many students are going? Mm. Well, when we got there, it was June, so summer school. Sure. And summer school is different back then than it is now. Nobody went to summer school. Yeah. And so we got there, and, and there were about probably 10 or 15 students from Wesley that were doing summer school. And yeah. so we had a little Bible study that summer with about 10 students. And uh, and then the fall when fall rolled around, 
um, we probably had um, 75 students that were there the first maybe three. Which well, even today for a college yeah, ministry uh, it would was, not be it shabby. Was, it, was not, it was not considered dead, maybe, no, no, no. maybe directionless, but dead, mm-hmm, but not mm-hmm, dead. And, mm-hmm. and so about you know, three weeks of 75, and then it started to go to 65, mm-hmm. 55, 45, <laughs> 35. Yeah. So we, yeah, we grew it almost overnight from yeah. 75 to 25. <laughs> In less than a semester. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was fabulous. By the end of that first semester, I was thinking, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, dang. And you were there for how many years total? Eight years. Eight years. Will you tell the story of the guys who used to pray on the roof? Oh wow! Do you remember yeah. that story? Well, there were two different groups. There was a, there was a group that used to pray on, pray on the roof, and there was a group that used to pray at the hill. Oh yeah, I don't know that story. And uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, in tell a minute. But the the group that prayed on the roof, they just asked if they could pray on the roof, mm-hmm. and you know, sure, go for it. And so they they did. They started. You know, they'd go up late at night and, and just camp out on the roof and pray all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and these the, are college students yes, praying all college night students for a revival all on the campus for, of UGA. For revival. And they wanted to pray on the roof because they wanted to be able to see, mm-hmm. you know, more of the campus while they prayed. And But the thing that had inspired them to pray really was a group of, of students that preceded them just by a little bit uh, that used to meet uh, at the Hill. It was apartment, an apartment complex that was in the worst part of town. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a mixed group, guys and girls probably eight of them. Yeah. And they asked me, they, they came to me first and they said, um, this thing, you know, revival's coming. This thing's going to blow up. We're going to need a bigger building. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, we have no money. Yeah. We're a college ministry. You know, if we're going to build a building, God will have to give us the money. Yeah. And they said, okay, that's what we'll pray for. Yeah. And uh, a couple of them were in a discipleship group that Melissa was doing, and she's discipling them. And so they start praying in their groups specifically, yeah. you know, that God would, would do something. And then on Thursday nights, they would gather at about 8 o'clock and pray till midnight. Okay. So, you know, four hours every Thursday night, and, and they're just crying out to the Lord and praying, you know, God, do something, do something, do something. We, you know, and, and as they're doing this... This this started in the fall of my second year. Okay. When they started praying on Thursday nights. And so we'd already started to experience some growth. Well, by the end of that year, of that second year, we'd outgrown our building. Oh wow. Yeah. People wise. Yeah. And so And how many is that holding? Uh, well, we had a chapel that would seat 150. And in January of my second year, so I've been there a year and a half, uh, we were we were running about 250. Yeah. And so that when you had, had to expand through the room. We hall? had to expand yeah, into the other room yeah. and, and kind of do some crazy things. And then we flipped it. Yeah. Um, so that it was facing the other direction because we could, we could get more people in that way. But uh, they started to pray, pray, pray. We need a bigger building. We need a bigger building. And during the third year, well, we started opening the door. Yeah, we opened doors. outside yeah. because we couldn't get everybody in the building. Right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. We had no air conditioning. No, no air, air conditioning. conditioning. Doors are open. People <laughs> oh, are yeah. sitting outside. In the yeah. parking lot. They're sitting outside. Yeah. People are falling out the windows and oh. dying. And you're having it's, to resurrect them like Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, I, rem, I vividly remember preaching and looking out at students who had sweat running down their face. Oh, my gosh. 
because it was so hot. Yeah. And then in the wintertime, they'd have their coats on. Yeah. You know, and oh you know, we'd, we'd open the doors, like Melissa said, and people would sit on the cars and and, and uh, just wherever they could get to to hear. Same building. They're still Same out at building. Wesley right now. Yeah. Same where the offices are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, and I will say that early in the morning, at 6 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, we had students yeah. that came to our house. Mm-hmm. and They would come to your house at 6 o'clock in the morning to pray. 6 o'clock in the morning and pray. There were there were a group of them that came. And yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Um, just calling out to the Lord. Yeah. Just asking Him. Yeah, and I'll just... Change the world. Right. Yeah. I'll never forget... Uh, when you would tell that story about the guys on the roof, that they would bang their knees on the roof yeah. of on this tiles, the rough roof to stay awake. Mm-hmm. And then I just, every yeah. time we would see God do a move in Athens, I would think those guys have no idea oh, yeah. that they bang their knees every, for this. Yeah, every Everything that's yeah. happening there now it's is fruit a, of that. It's the fruit of, of some, some guys and gals who prayed their guts out. Yeah. And, you know, they were reading these books by, you know, Reese Howell's Intercessor and mm. C.T. Studd and all these, you know, these crazy, you know, George Mueller yeah. type people. Yeah. And they didn't know any better than to think, I can be that. Yeah, I can and pray. So they if I, just, when I pray, yeah, that'll happen they too. Just, they went after it. I, I remember one one time we had a group and, and we, had, we did, we had several different times yeah. where people gathered to pray. We did the Thursday morning thing. One of my favorite groups was a group that met at our house on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just guys. <laughs> and uh, one night we had prayed. And as we were finishing up, I looked around the room and I was the only one awake. Oh my gosh, they were all asleep. Yeah, everybody was asleep. <laughs> and so the, the next time so we met, sweet. the next time we met, I said to yeah. them, look, uh, I've done a bad job leading you. If, if, you know, if you can fall asleep, then I've done a bad job mm-hmm. and that's never going to happen again. Yeah. And from here on, you know, we're going to pray in a way that at least keeps us awake. Yeah. If not change the world. Right. And so the following <laughs> week we gather and I mean, we are going after it. Yeah. And we're praying, 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 and they are crying out to the Lord and I look out the window and, and my wife is next door at our neighbor's house uh-huh. standing. It's about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, Sunday, Sunday night. She's standing <laughs> under our neighbor's bedroom window uh-huh. with her back up against their house. And I, I'm like, what is she doing yeah. out, out there? And she yeah. comes in later and I said, what were you doing at the neighbor's house while uh-huh. we were praying? And she said, I went out there and stood because I wanted to see how loud you were <laughs> because I was afraid you were going to wake them up. <laughs> and they were scared they were yeah. going to hear it. So you're just so, sneaking yeah. under their window. She's standing out there to make sure our neighbors aren't going to wake up because the crazy guys in there yelling. So is prayer the secret of this whole thing? Yeah. To everything? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but people say, I pray and nothing changes. They're wrong. Really? Yeah. Because we just can't see. Yeah. We just, we want, well, and that and we want instant results. Right. And the kingdom is not instant. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a process that a lot of people don't. I mean, because if everybody could see the last 30 years of the oh, Wesley yeah. Foundation. Yeah. There are just people that pray. Yeah. And there are people that don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, then I do pray. So I'm in the category. And and here's the thing is that, and I said this last week at at church, we're doing a series on spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And and I made the comment that God doesn't give gifts to show how good you are. Mm. 
He gives gifts to show how good he is. Yeah. And God's prayer's the same way. Yeah. God doesn't answer prayer because I'm special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He answers prayer because he's special. Yeah. And so anybody who will pray is powerful. And if you will pray for the long haul. Yeah. Oh, you got If you yeah. will. Yeah. That's, yeah. And That's what I, I spoke last week at a church in Nashville and about perseverance. And, mm-hmm. I, and I have done a version, like two other churches have had me talk about this too. And, and the Saturday before the Lord yeah. said, tell them to keep praying. Yeah. Tell oh, them yeah. to keep Don't praying. give up. Probably the best mm-hmm. illustration I've ever yeah. seen of just enduring, not quitting, mm-hmm. you know, knocking on the doors of heaven was uh, Melissa's father. She, she prayed for her father, you know, from the time that we met for years and years and years and years and years. And then they, they hit a bump in the road where they really didn't communicate Because he wasn't much. a believer. Right. Yeah. For 12 years, they didn't communicate. And you're still praying the whole time. And every yeah. day she's praying for God to save her daddy. Mm-hmm. Save my daddy, save my daddy. Every time we would go to any kind of church service, if a pastor would say, you know, call out the names of the people you know that are mm-hmm. lost, the first thing, voice you would hear would be hers. Yeah. And she would call out for her daddy to be saved. And uh, uh, long story short, um, something happened that caused us to reach out to him. He had, uh, he had gone to the hospital and... Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to see him, went to his house, and we're praying the whole way over there. We don't know. Yeah. You know, is, is he going to close the door in our face? Is he going to welcome us? Whatever. And when he opened the door and they saw each other, mm-hmm. uh, she first just, first time in 12 years that they yeah. had seen each other, yeah. they just fell together mm. and hugging and kissing and I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and we find out that about a year prior, he had come to the Lord. Oh my gosh! And it was the most incredible visual yeah. of reconciliation mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. Yeah, and it doesn't happen <laughs> without prayer. Without twelve years of prayer. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the thing to me that I'm learning slowly mm-hmm. is because I'm still, I think I have a lot of life left on this planet. But the thing I'm learning slowly is that we just keep praying. Like you just don't quit praying. Mm -hmm. The thing you want God to do, the thing that matters to you, the change you want to see in the world, Mm -hmm. you just don't quit. Yeah, you can't. And and if you die still praying, that's on him. Right? (laughs) And you hand it to somebody else. You know, we had an incredible opportunity uh, a few weeks ago to go to Rome Mm -hmm. and to visit Italy, not Georgia. Right, right. Just for the locals. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Went up and got some apples. We've been to Rome, Georgia too. Um, (laughs) But uh, we went to Rome, and we visited the Mamertine prison where Paul mm. was before he was executed. Yeah. And he wrote Second Timothy from that prison, and the whole book, he, he's writing this letter to Timothy basically saying, I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. You know, and he's telling him, preach the gospel, expect trouble. Yeah. But finish the deal. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's the thing is that, it's not just a case of, you know, run the race until until you die. Yeah. Run the race and hand the hand baton. The baton. Uh, because if it dies with you, you haven't done what you're supposed to do. Mm. Uh, somebody asked me uh, in, in our seventh year at Wesley. And we, we were there eight years. Mm-hmm. In our seventh year at Wesley, we had an alumni reunion. Mm-hmm. And invited a bunch of students back. And, and in the course of the weekend, 
somebody who had been there my first year said to me, you know, it's amazing what God has done here. Yeah. How does it feel to start something basically from, from scratch and have it be such a success? Because by that point, we're having hundreds, five, five or six hundred. Yeah, five or six hundred, seven hundred sometimes. And, yeah. I, and he said, What is it? You know, how does it feel to be, have something be such a success? And I said, Ask me when I've been gone 10 years. Mm. Yeah. And so. Did he? Did he follow up? Yep. Oh, brilliant. So 10 years yeah. after we left. Uh, and at that, by then, Wesley's, you know, at least doubled. Yeah. And getting, you know, and pushing towards tripling. Yeah. And he called me and said, so how's it feel? Yeah. I said, pretty dang good. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet. So when I, so then you came back to Marietta mm-hmm. and that's when you helped yeah. start yeah. the church that you right. are in now. Mm-hmm. How different is what you built at Wesley from building Riverstone? Well, it's very, it, well, I started to say it's very different and, and it is different in a lot of ways, but it's also very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that we do here at Riverstone, we brought from Athens. Mm-hmm. You know, we, the way we do our worship, the way we do ministry, the small groups, everything that we have tried to do pretty much uh, is stuff that we did there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, campus ministry is easy. Mm. Why? First of all, you've got a group of students looking for something to do. Right. And so all you got to do is say, hey, we're going to meet tomorrow night and yeah. everybody comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondly, you've got built-in community because everybody is stationed around the same hub. Right. They all go to the campus yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. You know, And so building community is like shooting fish in a barrel. Okay. You know, it's just... Easy. Yeah, and they're all in the same five-year yeah. window. Oh, yeah. They're of age. all yeah, and they're and they're all trying to figure out, you know, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Why did God put me here? And who am I going to marry? Yeah, those are things so, they try to figure yeah. out. The West of tee it up, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so you know, it's you just, got five series. You know, you can run oh, yeah. every year. Yeah, it is the most five. fertile ground. Now, it's also the most fertile ground for becoming derailed, you know, yeah. getting off track and falling yeah. into sin because you're away from mom and dad for the first time. You can actually make your own choices. Mm-hmm. And so we've al- always said that when you go to college, you either crash or burn. Yeah. You know, I mean, you crash or you just are set on fire for God. So yeah. it's, it's feast or famine. Mm-hmm. It, at least that was that was the, what we experienced, what we saw. Mm-hmm. But now the other thing I would say in a very practical sense that makes – uh, pastoring a church harder than campus ministry is children. Yeah, really. Having a children's ministry yeah. makes it harder. I mean, we can't do anything without having childcare. Right, right. And and it just complicates things. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, how long can you meet? Mm-hmm. You know, we had meetings at Georgia. Gosh, you just went until we were done. I mean. That lasted five and six hours. Uh-huh. Well, you can't do that with children. Right, So right. Unless you got nursery workers that are real. Oh, there, real there's going to be a rebellion. There yeah, is yeah, going yeah. to be a rebellion. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah. So. And you have to plan, you know, yeah. be a lot more spontaneous yeah. on a camp, college oh, yeah. campus. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, um, like for instance, we had been trying for about two years to get 24-7 prayer started yeah. in the little chapel there that, yeah. that used to be the main meeting place. 
And we just couldn't get any traction. And I ran into Terry Tate. And Tate you Hall. literally mean 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. You wanted someone yeah, praying every hour. Yeah, we wanted somebody in there hour. praying 24-7. Yeah. And, and, and for two years, we tried, and it was just sketchy. We couldn't get any traction going, couldn't get it going. And, and I ran into a guy named Terry Takel in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Ran into him first in Kansas City. And uh, I said, you need to come to Athens. And he said, Sometimes when, sometime when I'm in Atlanta, I'll come over. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Uh, ran into him a few months later in North Carolina, and same thing. I said, "You got to come to Athens," and he yeah. said, uh, "I'm in Atlanta this weekend." And I said, "Can you come to Athens Thursday?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll yeah. come." So this is Monday. Yeah. <laughs> well, two days later on Wednesday, I get up in front of our students and say, "Tomorrow night, Terry Tackle's coming. Oh, yeah. If you're interested in prayer, come." And 400 students show up. <laughs> right. You know, if I do that here, right. Four right, show up, right, you know, right, right, I right. got to go to work. I got the kids. I got, yeah, the, you know, yeah. so it's just, it's just a different it's life a different, place. Yeah, it's a totally, yeah. totally different world. What did you say to me and to our my peers in college that made us stick with God? Hmm. That's a great question. If I knew the answer, I'd probably say it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. Because there's college I, pastors I will, I will listening. Say this. I will say this. My life message to everyone, not just to college students, but to everyone, mm-hmm. is don't settle for less than he's offered. Mm. Because I think that yeah. is what most people do. They settle for way less. And I, I don't know if it's just easier or if they feel like they don't deserve more, mm-hmm. but people settle for so much less uh, so, than, than he's offered. And... Um, the ones who realize that there is no limit mm. are the ones who really shift the atmosphere and, and change the world. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I think of some of our friends, like the Tyler Reagans of the mm-hmm. world and the Kevin Queens of the world. I'm like, yeah, they, Kevin mm. literally thinks there's nothing God mm. can't do tomorrow. If, he, if God wants to yeah. do something tomorrow, Kevin thinks, well, if I He's ask right. him. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. I learn a lot and want to live. Like that for yeah. sure. So that's what you did. That's yeah. what you you just infused mm-hmm. into us. Yeah. And Tammy did that in mm-hmm. India. Yeah. No, that, I, that's what I was thinking of too. There are so yeah. many missionaries. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's Jake so and Melissa many. in Prague. There are yeah. so many there's Jessica so many. in Prague, and yeah. I mean, they're they're literally globally. Mm-hmm. Yes, we could just name and name people people that are really we couldn't name. Yeah. That yeah. um, are in countries that. Yeah. are making huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just... Can you, will you scoot closer and tell your story and about... Of, and some of the people who are making a huge difference are relatively unknown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your husband will never let me forget <laughs> that one time on a podcast, I was complimenting him and saying, y'all are the most influential couple, possibly, <laughs> uh, y'all are possibly the most influential couple in the globe, no, 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 no. but people don't necessarily know that yeah but i was talking about joel brooks right <laughs> right joel brooks oh i love joel brooks i haven't thought about him in a long time do you hear god in dreams regularly she more than me yeah. yeah i probably only have two in my life that i can for sure attribute where i woke up and i was like mm-hmm. i hear you okay yeah. i have but nothing like that yeah, I, yeah. i've had some that were powerful and i knew they were from the lord but yeah, yeah. that one and i think yeah shook the foundation and i think that it, it, you're what you said about checking it in scripture and giving it time. Because mm-hmm. even yes. Joseph's life, Joseph knew exactly what was going to go down. Yes. 
but he had to suffer and it took years. And so yeah. there's this wisdom that y'all have taught me of when you hear a thing from God or when you experience, have a dream or when you see something, write it down, mm-hmm. keep it, yes. tell some yeah. people who are over leadership over your life and then watch and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Test it with scripture, test it with humans yeah. and watch right. and see what happens. And the truth is, don't try to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. We've seen over and over in Scripture people doing that. We just wait for the Lord to yeah. move. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, you know, because, you, you know, we mentioned earlier about praying and nothing happening. Yeah. And I wonder if we could see, oh, right. you know, the, the full picture, how many times have people gotten really close mm. to breakthrough and, and then quit? And then quit. Mm. That is my, that is, if I could list like two life fears, yeah. one of them is quitting praying a day too yeah. soon. That How is, yeah. that would, I mean, that's what happened the other morning at that church is the Lord super clearly the Saturday before I preached, the Lord said, someone quit praying today. Yeah. Tomorrow, when you get on that stage, you tell them to start yeah. again. Yeah. And I was like, okay. totally. So asking y'all the secret to how to keep doing this is to pray and just keep doing it. Yeah. Just don't give up on this thing. Yeah. You, you just, you know, you, you Pray when you feel like praying. Pray when you don't feel like praying. What does your prayer life look like? Does it look like, (laughs) is it loud? Is it quiet? Is it both? Is it home and public? It's it's both, but mostly my prayer life is very quiet. Really? Uh, I'm I'm a listener. Mm -hmm. Um, I I tell God things, but mostly I listen. Um, I get up in the mornings. um, I usually can spend an hour and a half, two hours just with God, not saying anything, just trying to, to listen, to connect. Oh, that I would be that disciplined to not well, talk to the Lord for an hour and a half. You know, he wishes just, he could get an hour and a half well, break from me. And that's not, I don't, I don't say that to say, you know, this is the way you should do no, it. No, no, no. I'm asking this, this you. This is who I am. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I'm, a, I'm an introvert yeah. for the most part. <laughs> yeah. So I'm energized by being alone. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, I love being with people, but only if I've had enough time alone yeah, sure. to get ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, my time alone with God is very important to me. Uh, it it keeps keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I do a lot of listening, and, and then uh, once I lock in on something, I wouldn't say I make decisions quickly, mm-hmm. but I make them sound firmly. Yeah. Once yeah. I lock in on something, it's hard to move me. Yeah. And so if I feel like I've, you know, if I've listened and I've listened and I've listened and God says, at least, you know, or I feel like God mm-hmm, says, mm-hmm. boom, right here, this. Good luck moving me off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. When I think about Riverstone and, and what you've built here, it's transforming this county mm-hmm. and this community. And I feel like you haven't moved from that in the how long has this church existed? 20 Nin- years? 19 years. 19 years, yeah. Yeah, and I can't move off of that. Yeah. Um. Until he tells me to. Yeah. Transformation Network is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... A, I mean, because y'all keep planting churches in the same county. Yeah. Because that is the thing that you mm-hmm. feel you're called... Yeah. That's the thing you can't get your finger off of. Right. Yeah. So your prayer life is at home in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Probably conversational during the day. Mm-hmm. All day long. Yeah, all day long. All day long. Yeah. Uh, people, if you see me, you might think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm driving down the road. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened to me was when they invented earpieces. That oh, you, earbuds. You know, 
that you can talk on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can drive down the road now and talk to myself and talk to God, and people don't think I'm crazy. Yeah, that's right. Now, now they just think you're talking out yeah, loud in your car. They just think I'm on my yeah, phone. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. He, He's on his phone. He's just yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. But prior to that, I was a crazy, crazy person. Yeah. So yeah. So and you have was, seen prayers answered. Oh yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Just. What would you say is the one that when when you you don't I don't think you do but if you ever thought about giving up on praying what's the story or what's the thing you prayed that you went like oh yeah he could do this again so all right I'll make, I'll make this real quick wow they're all on treadmills they're in their kitchens everybody is so happy that we're all, all right. here together I um listen I got married when we were 20 mm-hmm. and uh after about two and a half years everything went south mm-hmm. it just got bad and um about a year later it just stopped mm-hmm. she just she said i left the house <laughs> <laughs> she uh, <laughs> yeah she said she didn't want to be married to me anymore mm-hmm. and so i i thought at the time when she said it, I thought a couple of hours I can talk her yeah. out of this and fix it. Yeah. And when I realized I couldn't fix it in two hours, I thought, well, okay, a couple of days. Yeah. And then I realized it was going to be a couple of weeks. And it actually turned into uh, almost four years that we were separated. Oh, wow. And so for four years, um, we lived apart. And. I went to bed most nights asking God why. Mm-hmm. You know, why is this happening? Is this what I get? I, I complained a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I never thought about getting a divorce, really, for a long, you know, for for almost for three and a half years. Yeah. I didn't didn't think about getting a divorce. And Are you uh, all in the same city still? Yeah. No. No. I moved time, a little bit. Some of the time, time we were. Yeah. Uh, I graduated from Emory. I, I was appointed to a church. Four years. The, people like, you tell that story and those are just two words, but four mm, years is it was tough. such a long yeah. time. So I finally hit the wall. Three and a half years in, I hit a wall. And I just said, I walked into a friend's office and I said, I'm done. Mm. I'm going to go tomorrow and hire a, an attorney and file for divorce and start over. Mm. And he said, why now? It's been three and a half years. Yeah. And I said, everything I want, she's against. Everything God wants for me, she's against. Mm. And he said, what does God want for you? And I said, he wants me to be a holy man of God. And my friend said, could it be that your means to holiness is loving your wife unconditionally? Mm. And when he said that, in an instant, I realized that I had never loved her. Oh, wow. I had only loved me. And that, you know, I dated her because that's what I wanted. Asked her to marry me because that's what I wanted. Married her because that's what I wanted. You know, everything was what I wanted. And, you know, we went to the seminary that I wanted to go to. You know, it was just all about me. Mm. And for three and a half years of being separated, uh, I pushed for reconciliation because that was best for me. And 
when it dawned on me that in three and a half years of separation, I had never even asked the question, what's best for her? Mm. I realized that I didn't love her. Wow. And so I went home and I said, God, if I'm going to love her, you'll have to do it. I don't, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. You'll have to teach me. And I started the process of, of every day, just what we do today. God, mm-hmm. show me how to love. Teach me how to love. You know, sh- tell me what to do. And in a couple of months, uh, she called me up. And you weren't communicating with her at all. You were just no. We weren't communicating, and well, we were. But then, one of the biggest things that happened in this process as I began to pray was God said, "Leave her alone." Mm. And so I backed off and I stopped calling her and I stopped pushing, and stopped trying to manipulate her into doing what I wanted her to do. And uh, and then one morning, God said, "Call her up and invite her to Bible study." And I and I thought that is the worst <laughs> idea. I am in the for history sure not hearing you right. <laughs> of the kingdom of God, you know, you, God, you know, and uh, I mean, I, there was no way that mm-hmm. that was the right thing to do. And uh, but it wouldn't go away. Yeah. And so I called her up and said. You know, Man, made, that feeling when it's in your guts and it yeah, won't go away. It wouldn't and you go feel away. Sick. And I, 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 I figured it out. I'm going to call her. I'm going to invite her. She's going to say no. But she said, okay. Yeah. I said, I'll, I'll meet you there. And so um, we meet for the Bible study. And when it's over, um, she drives away. And I think, I'll never see her again. Mm. That's really what I thought. And what I didn't know is that on her way home, this roommate, this uh, lady that she taught school with, that she had brought with her that night, probably for her protection. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, um, on the way home, they start talking, and this lady's asking her, you know, how how many times have we been to church? You know, we've lived together for three years. We've been to church three times. First time, the preacher preached on Ezekiel's dry bones vision and Mm -hmm. how God can breathe life into things that are dead. Second time. Ezekiel's dry bones vision and how God can breathe life into things that are dead. And then tonight, Ezekiel's dry bones vision. God can breathe life into things that are dead. He's talking about your marriage. Wow. You know, and And you don't know any of that. I don't hear. Yeah, I don't know any of this. I'm, you know, I'm back at my apartment thinking I'm never going to see her again. And then she says to her roommate, well, uh, if God wants me to be a Christian, he'll have to do it. I've I've tried. I can't. And. And she could tell you, I, I think what happens next is she gets, she sits down on her bed before she goes to sleep and she says, God, if, you know, if, if you want me to be a Christian, you're going to have to come after, come after me. If, mm. if you want me, come get me. Because, yeah. you know, I had, um, you know, I had tried to yeah. do what I thought was right, yeah. but I didn't, you know, the Lord had not changed my heart and I really didn't even understand that concept. I'd never seen anybody truly changed, um, until I met Tom and I saw that happen to him, but I thought that I could just perform mm-hmm. and that would be because I knew all the right things to do. I'd been raised in the church. I knew how to act. I knew what to do. I knew the right things to say, yeah. but you know, you can only take that so far. And yeah. then it begins, that house of cards begins to fall. Right. And that's what happened to me. And so I couldn't keep up the performance anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so let me, let me circle back to the original question. Yeah. yeah. So what happens then is, you know, after a couple of weeks, she calls me up 
And she said, and the whole time you're thinking, I'm yeah, never going to see her. I'm thinking I'm never going to see her again. I think it's over. I think people need to hear that part. That, like, we have no oh, yeah, idea what's up. going on on the other I, side. I wouldn't have given a nickel for our yeah, chances. Yeah. And I actually, one of the things that I had started praying, my, for the, probably for the first three years I prayed, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. And then for the last year, the thing that I prayed when I went to bed every night was, I'll never love again and I'll never be loved again. Mm. And. She calls me up, and we just talk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time in four years that she had called me. And at the end of the conversation, she says, I need to ask you a question. I said, go for it. And she said, if I wanted to come home, would you take me? Mm. And I said, I'll come get you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and a month later, we moved back in together, and we renewed our vows and, and started over. Yeah. And it was a, an absolute miracle. Now, here's the answer to your question. When I am tempted to think that prayer doesn't work mm-hmm. or that you know some flaw in me will keep it oh, from working. Oh, say that, yes. I remember that story mm-hmm. because I didn't earn yeah. reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our life fell apart, and I was the cause for most of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't suddenly become an awesome person. Yeah, I was still a mess. Yeah, I was still a mess when God worked in her and yeah. had her call me. I was, you know, I, I wanted to be better than I was, but I, I was by no means deserving mm-hmm. of that kind of answer mm-hmm. to prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I I have to remind myself, you know, uh, you don't deserve it. You don't earn it. Uh, you don't keep prayers from being answered by some flaw in you. Yeah. God answers prayer because he's good, not because you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, be irresponsible, live, you know, a life of sin and still believe that God will save the day. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that I'm not afraid that I'm going to mess it up because he's so much better than that. He's so much better than I am. And I I trust in his goodness, not mine. Mm. And it makes me want to be better, yeah, not worse. Some people think, you know, that that kind of an attitude just, you know, are you saying, you know, that, you, you know, just sin and sin doesn't matter? I'm not saying that at all. Um, his goodness makes me want to be holy. Yeah. And um, I, I can't earn it, but that doesn't mean that there's no effort mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not one of those that just sits in a room and says, God, make me holy. God, make me <laughs> right, holy. I, right. I believe that I have a responsibility. Yeah. You know, there are things that he's called me to do, things he's called me to give myself to. Yeah. And so I, I do believe in discipline. I believe in faithfulness. I believe in, you know, pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. But in, at the end of the day, things happen because he's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to the people... Like there's people that are listening who have been, 
I mean, y'all both told great stories of four years and 12 years and, <laughs> and, and time, time and investment in prayer. But there are people who are, who are dying for a relationship yeah. to reconcile and it's not, or yeah. oh, to yeah. be healed and it's not. And they're praying, what, what do we tell them? God is faithful. He's okay. faithful. Um, when our son was seven years old, Melissa had a dream. And in her dream, she saw him standing on a rock and handing out bread. Mm. And when he was 20 years old. Come on. He, after he got bit. First of all. Yeah, after he'd been bitten by a First of all, he snake. was at our house, yeah. at my parents' house. Bitten and he got bit by your, a copperhead. In your insecure house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our house that allows animals in. Uh, house. Yeah. Oh, Lord um, have mercy. I'll never So, you know, 20 years old, he yeah. falls on his head. And I'm in Scotland. Yeah, we're in Scotland. And I get a phone phone call. You know, you're you're there. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't know whether he's going to live or die. Yeah. And I go up on the roof mm-hmm. of the Kingdom House. Yeah. And I'm walking on that roof, and and God reminds me of her dream. Mm-hmm. You know, when when he was seven, I told you he would stand on a rock and hand out bread. Has he done that? Mm. No, sir. No, and then, sir. Then I guess this isn't the end. Wow. And I, you know, people, I, I flew home. It's still, yeah. It was so and, scary. And honestly, people ask me, was that not the worst flight ever? Mm-hmm. No, it was a great flight. Mm. I watched movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, they brought me one of those hot towels, which they don't give you on normal flights. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, it was, I slept. It was a peaceful, it was peaceful journey because God had spoken to me and I knew that my son was going to live. Yeah. Now, once I got there and I saw yeah. You know, sight sometimes interrupts faith. Okay. Talk about that. That's yeah. why I, sometimes I got to stay off the internet yeah. because totally. I'm totally. believing God for some stuff. And then I, yeah. yeah. It was I, easier listen. for me to believe God before yes. I saw the yes. tubes and the, you know, him unconscious and my wife just yeah. and the neurosurgeon beat up. Saying, and the neurosurgeon meeting us and saying, I have no idea why your son's still alive Yeah, and things like that. But, God is faithful, and and now that boy's a, a man, yeah. and he's a preacher. He, he's a man. He's and, he, and he's standing on a rock. Yeah, and he's handing out bread. Yeah, and God is faithful, but embrace the process. Mm. Um, there are things that He wants to do in you before He does things through you, mm-hmm. and if you if you want to be used by Him. You have to let him do his thing. Yeah. And I, I said to somebody last week, I love humility. I just hate the package it comes Listen. in. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I know. Uh, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good. Well, um, one thing that um, I, this story just came to my mind. You know, we talked, Tom talked a little bit about my daddy. And, you know, I didn't see my daddy for 12 years. And... Um, I was sitting in my chair one day, and what do you mean my chair? You have like a chair that you. I have a chair in my house. I have a chair at my house, and it's where you pray. And it's where where I pray. Everybody was gone. I've got a chair too. I got a chair. I got a chair. A pray chair. Get you a pray chair. Get you a pray chair. I love it. I was um, home alone. Mm -hmm. Tom was gone, speaking somewhere. Our children were gone, and I had heard that my daddy was in the hospital, a mm. uh, really oh. serious hospital. Um, he had was having heart surgery, 
And I just really felt like the Lord was saying to me, you need to call him. Mm. And I had not spoken to him in 12 years. Yeah. He had left us. Yeah. And um, I didn't even know where he was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But I started, you know, investigating and thinking, okay, where would a heart patient go? Blah, blah, blah. And so I began to call hospitals mm-hmm. until I found him. Oh, my gosh. And I called the hospital that I believed that he was in. And uh, they said, yeah, they put me right through to ICU. Oh my gosh. And I didn't mean for that to happen. Yeah. I was just asking. <laughs> and I was just not, we weren't really making the connection. Yeah. But before I had call, started doing that, I'd really believed that the Lord was telling me to, to step out in faith on that, that that's yeah. what he was calling me to do because he is a, that matches his character. He yeah. is a God of reconciliation. Yeah. And so they did, and they <clears throat> put me through on that call to ICU. Yeah. And I remember while I was waiting on the phone, okay, am I hanging up or am I staying yeah, on the line? Yeah, right, right. And so I thought, no, Lord, I'm staying on the line because I believe that this is what you, you're a God of reconciliation and I believe yeah. this is what you called me to do. And so I thought, I'm going to be obedient to you, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting, I'm in the house alone and I hear a nurse, a male nurse get on the phone. And um, he said, hello. And he says, uh, this is his room. And I said, well, um, I'm his daughter. And I'm just calling to check on him to see if, just if he's okay. And to tell him that I love him. Mm. Now, I haven't talked to him in 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. And I heard him, that male nurse, put his hand over the phone, but mm-hmm. I could still hear. And my daddy said, uh, he said, this is your daughter on the phone. Um, she just wanted to know if you were okay and to tell you that she loves you. And I heard him say, I don't have a daughter. And I heard the male nurse get back on the line and he didn't know that I had heard that. Yeah. And I said, no worries. I just, yeah, I didn't want to hear him. I didn't want him to repeat it. Don't say it again. again. (laughs) I heard it. Um, but I said, you know what? It's no worries. I just wanted to let him know that I love him and I hope he's get better. I'm just praying, you know, thank you so much. Click. Yeah. But I sat there and the strangest thing happened that could have devastated me, but this peace just came over me. Mm-hmm. I did not feel devastated. I didn't feel upset. I'm in my house by myself. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a you hysterical moment. Yeah. Which would have been fine. <laughs> would have been all right. Nobody would have known. I was yeah. like meeting the floor, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And this wave came over me of peace and I had complete, I was completely okay because mm. I knew that I knew that I knew that I was to be obedient, and that was all that mattered, no matter what the outcome was. Yeah. And I, I kind of, you know, I know <clears throat> people don't always get the results they're looking for, yeah. but if we're obedient, that's our result. Yeah. The Lord's yeah. going to take care was, of the rest it, of it. It's interesting because in that whole process of those 12 years, there were numerous— I mean, 12 years is so long. Yeah, 12 years is a long time. And there were several times in those 12 years when I would say to Melissa, don't you think you ought to call your dad? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not time. Mm-hmm. And and I would I don't know how many times, but several times more more than just two or three, mm-hmm. you know, four or five, maybe six times. I was you know maybe you ought to yeah. call your dad. This is a situation that maybe you should call your dad. And she would always say no. <laughs> yeah, it's not time. Yeah. But that day, 
it was time. Mm. And she knew it. And it still didn't go the way you would think. You yes. know, it, yes. okay, I suddenly, I, finally, after 12 you think. years. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have the green light after 12 years. Yeah. So when this I call gonna him, go it's going to be awesome. Right. And it was horrible. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But it's still obedience. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be willing mm-hmm. to just keep going. Yeah. To just see with the faith eyes, not yeah. with your real eyes. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what you'd say to people. So many of us that are your children mm-hmm. have a public life. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I don't know. Tell me what I need to know to, to survive this. Okay. Fame is not your friend. Mm. That doesn't mean God can't use it. You know, God wants to give you influence. And he wants to give you, he, he has given you a platform. And, and you know, no matter, you know, if you know me and, and you have a platform, if you don't know me and you have a platform, understand. Um, and everybody's got some sort of platform. Yeah, There's somebody Understand to you, this, that um, uh, God doesn't need famous people. Mm-mm. But he uses them. Fame is not your friend, and pride is your enemy. Gosh, no kidding. And honestly, um, I've thought about before, you know, do you want to be known? Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to be known because I don't trust myself. Mm. I don't trust myself. And I know that pride is a killer. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I would say that if God has given you um, a platform, pride can steal it from you. So that's the negative. But the positive is if God has given you a platform, it's because he trusts you. Mm -hmm. And he knows you better than you know you. Cling to him. You see what's written on my whiteboard? Yeah, it says, there's nothing better, exclamation point, clinging, exclamation point. Yeah. Cling. Clinging. Cling to him. Yeah. You want to know why people fall? Yeah. They get distracted. Yeah. They let go. They get distracted by popularity or they get distracted by distractions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe it's trouble. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's, you know, trying to do things in their own strength. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's bad boundaries. Maybe it's a lot of things, mm-hmm. but people get distracted, and the thing that they get distracted from is clinging. Mm. Uh, we were made for God. We're made by God for God. Mm-hmm. And we are, as, as has been said by men much smarter than me, we are most fully alive when we are intimately engaged with him. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it. That's yeah. the key. The problem with success is that it takes from you. And when it starts to take time from you, the urgent tends to take time that should be spent on the important. Mm. Um, the important thing is to spend time with him. Yeah. The urgent thing is to meet a deadline. Mm-hmm. So when the lines get blurred and you start making decisions based on urgency and the demands of people, 
mm-hmm. rather than the desire of God, mm-hmm. you get off track. Yeah. And that's why people fall. Mm-hmm. You're right. I know. And you know this, but <clears throat> and you and you do it. <laughs> you yeah. have permission to call me when you see it. <laughs> I mean, you do. So I've got I've got no, a texture call here. There I, I know. Yeah. I know. But yeah. if I didn't, what a worse life if I didn't have people who were pastoring me. Yeah. It's, I'd be yeah, way the of worse us. off for we it. All of us. Yeah. All, all yeah. Us. yeah. All of us. And y'all and y'all know this is true, but besides my own parents, y'all are the most influential. Mm parents I've ever had y'all are my pastors and so I get to do this job because when I came back from college my freshman year you told me to quit being the older brother in the story (laughs) right I mean I get to do this job because you taught me how to pray as a 19 year old and I get to do this job because when I thought the Lord said Nashville you said he did and the Sunday that I left here you said you can do this. You can go. We'll be here if you need to come back. I don't even know if you remember saying that, but we were. I, I was at the altar yeah. and on that Sunday morning that I drove away and moved to Nashville, and you said, "We'll be here if you got to come back." Yep. So, I recognize that any influence Lord has given me is, um, and we say, me and Kevin say this all the time that y'all will get to lay down way, way more crowns than any of us because y'all are. I mean. Y'all have done the hard work of years of investing in me, and I could I, I'm 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 barely on the rails as it is. I'd have really been off the rails yeah. without y'all. So I'm just really grateful that that there is a, um, a Tom and Melissa Tanner in my life. I don't know that I'd. I hope y'all hear from so many people after this comes out because <laughs> I genuinely can't imagine my story without y'all in it. So. Wow. Um, Thank you. What we normally do at the end is we say what we do for fun. You mm-hmm. know, you listen oh, to the yeah. show. Uh, instead, <clears throat> I would love for you to pray. I will pray. Would you just pray? But can I say one thing? Uh-huh. Can I name drop? Yeah, name drop. Somebody? <laughs> yeah. Because, this is, you're, you know, you're a Nashville yeah. person. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know if this person lives in Nashville, but I think they do. Okay. I think they live in Nashville. And you can take it out if you have to. But no. if anybody needs just a little more joy in their life, uh-huh. Nate. Bargots. Oh gosh, isn't he funny? Funniest he man. He's the funniest. On. I know. And if you want to know what I do for fun, you I listen, listen to him. him. Is he your favorite comedian? Yes. We got some other ones we need to tell you about. He's very funny. We listen. We went to see him yeah. in Huntsville. Yeah. And we sat on the front row. We had our Y'all had feet, front row. our feet on the stage. It was. Y'all. Yes. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. Okay. He's I've never had him on the show. I should get him. At, yeah. Okay. He's a Nashville guy. He okay. loves Vanderbilt. Okay. If you love Vanderbilt, you can't be all bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you true. You have to have character. You gotta, yeah, Vanderbilt. yeah, serious. You got to have something to love Vanderbilt for. That's, that's perseverance. <laughs> yeah. If you've stuck absolutely. it with Vanderbilt. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, he's that. very funny. We were right. So, so, so that's what I do for fun. Yeah, I lo- you were ready. You were ready with oh, your yeah. fun answer. Sorry. Mm. I wanted you to get Melissa. What do you do for fun? Flowers. Watch Flowers. Why don't you laugh at Burnett's? Yeah. <laughs> and flowers. Yeah. Flowers. Okay. Okay. You do. Gardening. You do. Yeah, so just pray what's on your heart for I our would, people that I are would, listening. I and will, you know. I would love to do that. Okay. Kiss our grandbabies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Mm. Jesus, I, I pray blessing on, on every uh, ear that hears this. 
and uh, even those that don't, I, and just that it would carry, uh, your blessing would carry uh, through lives into other lives. And, uh, I pray, God, that we would not allow fear uh, to hold us back, that we would not settle for less than you have offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't need us. But because you love us so deeply, you have actually invited us to partner with you in this unbelievable thing, this, this redemption of the world, uh, of, of your entire creation. You've invited us to be a part of that and, and participate with you in it. And Lord, I pray that we would not settle just for existing, uh, for getting up in the morning and going to work and coming home and going to bed and getting up the next day and doing it again. I pray that we would recognize that you have put us on the earth to know you so fully that it's in our eyes. Yeah. It's unmistakable. Uh, when we go about life, people would be able to look at us and see uh, that there's something different. Yeah. Lord, we, we know uh, that people in this world are desperate they're desperate to see and to meet and to be around people who have been with Jesus. And so I pray that we would never neglect, take for granted, or waste the opportunity to be with you so that we can be with others. And I pray that you would stir in our hearts what you stirred in Paul's heart when he said, I would trade mine if it meant you could know him. I would trade my place if it meant you could know him. Would you stir up a, a desire for the for the lost that would be that strong? Uh, stir up in us a desire to see uh, the captive set free uh, that would be that strong in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, we, we thank you, Lord, that you love us so well. And I pray that everywhere we go, Uh, We would be expressions of your love. Let us just smell a little bit like you. In Jesus' name. Whew. Listen, y'all. I know. I know. It's just, I know. I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're saying. I know that you're maybe teary. I know that you're having to take a deep breath. Me too. Me too. Me too. I know. It was just, I'm so thankful for pastors like Tom and Melissa who speak into my life and speak into your life by speaking into my life and tell me some hard truths when I need to hear them and beautiful truths. And I'm, I'm just so thankful. And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tom and Melissa Tanner, two incredibly important leaders in my life. Tom is the pastor of Riverstone Church in Marietta, Georgia, and the leader of the Transformation Network, a collection of churches that are all planted in Cobb County. And you can find out more about that online. So thanks to Tom and Melissa for being on the show. And thanks for being such important family to me. I am just uh, beyond grateful. If you are a student who has been impacted or a human who's been impacted by Tom and Melissa, I think today would be a great day to reach out to them in whatever way you know how and tell them thank you. I mean, baseline, you can look up the address to Riverstone Church in Marietta, Georgia, and write him a letter. So uh, if you have no other way to get in touch with Tom and Melissa, you can send them a letter at Riverstone Church in Marietta. 
Thank you guys for joining us today. Hey, if you need anything, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You know that I'm Annie F, F as in fancy, Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places, anywhere you can need me. That's how you can find me. And I just want to say thanks. I know I think I've said it like 43 times on this podcast today, but thanks again to Tom and Melissa. I am, I am here because of leaders like them. And I don't mean here on this podcast. I mean here in this place in my life. And it would not matter what job I was doing. The reason I know God the way I do, the reason I am pursue health the way I do, the reason that I understand to some degree why the Bible is true and why God is real and why this is a story I want to live is because of people like Tom and Melissa. So thank you guys for joining us. Hey, whoever the leaders are in your life that have pastored you and discipled you and led you, why don't you reach out to them today too? Let's let's make this an official day of appreciating the people who've invested in our hearts and in our lives and in our futures and in our faith. So do that today. Hey, if you post anything online and uh, I'd love to see it, just hashtag that sounds fun podcast or tag me Annie F Downs. Um, I would love to cheer for the leaders who invested in you too. So thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast and being a part of the family and hanging out every week every Thursday, sometimes Mondays, whenever we want, right? So y'all are the best. I'm incredibly grateful and I am, um, I'm really grateful today. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you and we will see you back here next week.